This is the What's Brewing Podcast, brought to you by Plan First Asset Management and Financial Services. What's up, Bruin Nation? Johnny Gammon and Coach Tony Miller on the What's Brewing Podcast. And continuing our summer series, we have Coach Jesse McCormick of the men's soccer team. Uh, Coach, thanks so much for, for taking the time out of your uh, out of your camp schedule this summer to be able to to be able to join us. Great to be here. All right, let's talk. Uh, you know, obviously, soccer is is one of those things that's important to coach. But for those of you that don't know, Coach McCormick actually has a lot of training and uh, and background in a lot of the um, you know injury prevention and other things that go along with sports as well, which makes him twice as effective when it comes to a coach. Uh, and, and so, as we've been doing a lot this summer on the podcast and talking about. Uh, not necessarily Bruin-related things, but maybe some information for coaches, student-athletes, and others uh, as you are going about your, your career and going about your training this summer. I uh, wanted to bring Coach McCormick in just to talk about kind of the topic of uh, how do you stay healthy during the uh, during the season? Um, you know, not to brag on Coach too much here, but Coach McCormick's program is notorious for one stat that nobody really talks about, and a, a lot of it is just the grace of God. But Coach Pla- Coach McCormick's players don't get injured seriously that often and I think a lot of that is a testament to the programs that coach has in place to keep his guys fresh to keep his guys um, healthy throughout the course of the season as you guys all know you know the 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 soccer season or the basketball season can be really grueling so we're going to talk about that a little bit so just to get started coach um, I know to have a successful in-season health-wise You've got to be doing your stuff in the off season, and we did an episode a couple couple weeks ago where Coach Miller talked about a lot of the the keys during the off season in order to stay in shape or in order to better your game, those kinds of things. So maybe from your perspective, as you send your guys home, you know your guys go to a lot of different places to camp, to work, to you know mission trips, to everything like that. What are the main kind of core components? of an off-season training or off-season workout program do you have for your guys um one of the one of the main things would be just underlying the injury prevention side would be core and balance type training so that's going to be one huge component not that they're spending a crazy amount of time doing it but it's amazing what just a little bit of time consistently can can help with that uh you know for us the summertime they, they should be working to get fit coming in for the season so a lot of touches on the ball um you know, different sprint work, um, plyometric type work, and those type of things to, to help them be ready for the preseason. Now, for the, the average Joe who is listening to this, who, who hears big words that you just said, you know, when you, when you talk about core, when you talk about balance, when you talk about plyometric, all those, those kinds of things, can you, can you boil that down a little, yeah. bit, a little bit further? Like, what does that look like specifically? Give me an example of, of a core balance workout that the guys can do. Yeah. So, for example, some people, you hear core, you think maybe stomach. Like, I just need to go do a bunch of sit-ups. Core is a lot more than that. I mean, it's, it's, it's the hips. It's the whole trunk, the low back. Uh, the stomach is included in that. But it's that whole, it's that whole dynamic uh, there. So, you know, combining some of those with balance-type activities, you know, would be – 
you know, we do a lot of explosive, there can be a lot of explosive movements, but people don't realize is sometimes when they're doing explosive movements, they're not taking time to get balanced correctly. So their technique is off. They're, they're thinking I need more power. So all I need to do is this explosive stuff. So the core of the balance, that's, that's going to be stuff that you would look up rehab exercises, core and balance rehab exercises. It's the same, same st- type of stuff that you would do coming back from an injury as you do prior to injury. It's, it's a, again, that preventative, um, preventative measure. So examples of that, um, you know, it's, it's a little bit tricky to explain, you know, through the podcast because there's things to, to, sh- to show. There's different words I could use, but it, yeah. without going into and some of And unfortunately, we're not video streaming here, right, so you can't right, right. watch you do it. Right. <laughs> I can right. try to describe if you want to get up and do one. And I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, some, some of those things, simple things, balancing on one leg, um, and you can relate it to your sport where you're going down and, and, and touching a toe, bringing the knee back up and staying balanced on one leg. Um, it could be multiplanar hops where you're hopping different directions, but you, when you land, you stick and you hold that on, you know, and stay balanced for about three seconds or so, then explode back to the other leg. So instead of being a really dynamic back and forth movement, it's a controlled type of movement. Um, with some of the core activities, there's a variety of different medicine ball exercises that you can do. There's a bunch of body weight uh, stuff you can do. You know, mountain climbers would be uh, one example of those. Um, and again, there's a bunch of other things as well. Coach Miller, I know you do this as well a lot with your guys in the in the fitness side of it. And I know for basketball, it's probably going to look a lot different than soccer. But sure. maybe maybe kind of stepping back a little bit and and talking about a little bit more of the importance of this. You know, we talked about in the do's and don'ts of off season. You know, a lot of guys with no direction will just go into the weight room and just start you know bench sure. press and and curls and those kinds of things. They're not really focusing on uh, the parts of the body that are going to benefit them in the sport, particularly. In basketball, I know your your injuries are going to look a di- your common injuries are going to look a little bit different than soccer. Sure. So, so kind of maybe going back a little bit to the why. why 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 is it important to focus on those different muscle areas to be able to stay healthy? Off, off the top of my head, I think that two things is one is the functional movements. I mean, you want to you know you want to incorporate things that they're actually doing. I'm, I'm assuming for soccer, it's a lot of not just core things, but then also leg movements. You know, ankles is a big one. I don't know. Do you have a lot of ankle injuries? We have a decent number of ankle and, and knees. Both of those are balance related. Yeah, and so you know that goes to the core though as mm-hmm. well. Like how they land. I was just just working with a volleyball player the other day, and uh, you know when we land, we talk about landing in an athletic stance where your your legs and your your knees and your ankles are about about shoulder width apart um, and you're landing in a soft action so you're not landing on one foot and and turning an ankle it's so important for obvious reasons I mean somebody gets hurt with one of those and they're out three four games depending on how many games you play in a season and for soccer that can be a third of your season depending Mm -hmm. on how long it takes so um, just kind of those stabilizing muscles and then second of all you know the the functional movements like we talked about being able to there are so many exercises that you can do that are across the board. It doesn't matter what sport you do, you know. And again, if we were able to show those, you would be able to see, you know, what that looks like. But being able to then, if you, if you don't do it in a in a in your sport, why are you really putting a ton of effort into <laughs> it? So, uh, kind of being smart, I guess, about yeah. the way that you train, so that it does not just help you functionally, but then also the injury prevention side of it too. 
we had talked about, you know, over the course of the summer doing what you need to do in order to come into the preseason day one in the, in the kind of shape that you need to be. Over the course of the season, I know at college it looks different in certain respects than the high school level, but once you get in season, your practices look much different. Your training, your um, endurance, those kinds of things, because you have the, the rigor of regular season. And on top of that, academic pressures and, and all kinds of things, particularly in the college level, that, that students have to be responsible for. So how, how as a coach, how does your off-season training change as a result of, you know, what does what a typical week look like training-wise for, for a collegiate soccer player? Before he says this, this may be like blowing people's mind that the idea I think sometimes is, is that you train so that once the season comes, like that is your training. Yeah. Like your practices are your training. I'm assuming that doesn't look like that for you. Yeah. So, so in the off season, again, we, we finish up usually around Thanksgiving time, but kids come back for the spring semester. Um, you know, we'll be in the weight room uh, three to four times a week. And again, some of that might be as a team. Some of that might be in small groups. Uh, we'll have futsal in the gym early in the morning, usually about 6, 6.15 a.m. in the morning. Um, small confined spaces, uh, technical ball work type stuff will be on the field, um, you know, a couple times a week. So, I mean, it's uh, it stays busy. Then we have a few, uh, a couple spring matches as well um, that's helping prepare us for the, next, for the next season. So, and when I say weight room, uh, like this past year, we had someone from Velocity Sports Performance who was a D1 college soccer player come out once a week and he he trained our team and that was what his degree was exercise science and he was working on sports performance but injury prevention was a huge side so running mechanics um, we would spend about 45 minutes to 50 minutes on the field with running mechanics injury prevention explosive type activities getting the technique down first and then we'd go to the weight room for about 30 to 35 minutes and and do some functional movements like you mentioned tony um and and some explosive body weight stuff and he came for about 10 weeks and he did some repetition of different activities but there's a lot of different things that he did that our guys hadn't seen as much before so it was really good for us i think from a strength training perspective if you think about it logically you're wanting to be at your strongest when the season's winding down yeah you know you're wanting to be playing for soccer you're wanting to be playing you know into the into november for basketball you're wanting to be playing into march you're wanting to be playing for volleyball into again like november and december but if you don't do any strength training from the time that your season starts to the end of the season you're actually getting weaker and weaker and weaker and again the mindset is like well i'm i'm working out through playing the sport but that's more of that's a different type that's not that's not building strength or even mm-hmm. maintaining strength per se and so you know, in season for our players, we have them lift weights at least twice a week. And it's not lifting heavy weight and it's not trying to get bigger, but it's again that maintaining and doing higher reps of things. So, for instance, you know, for somebody that may not know what that looks like, I'm doing three sets of 10 to 15 reps with, with lower weight. I'm not doing three reps of my max. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I'm not trying to get bigger. I'm just trying to maintain what I have. And so for soccer, that may be incorporated out on the field where you're doing body squats or lunges or something within the session. But if you don't maintain, you're going to be at your weakest when the season is over. And you obviously don't want that. Yeah. One, one element that I think we could talk about here maybe for, for a little bit is um, just that idea of, of taking care of yourself in season. And I know one of the things we could talk about is is the stretching side of it, making sure – 
pre post that you're that you're taking care of your body in that regard. And I know a lot of high schoolers probably listen to this this podcast. And if they're anything like I was playing soccer in high school, it was you do the stretching and it's this little thing that you do, but you don't really see the value and the importance of it. And, and I know I've seen, you know, you blog about it before coach about, you know, athletes like LeBron James and others who spend, you know, 30 to 45 minutes mm-hmm. before they actually do any kind of workout just in the stretching and, and preparing the body for that. So can, maybe we could talk about a little bit of you know, maintaining that level during the season, especially, but why those little tiny things like stretching and and other little intangibles are so important. Yeah, I think, um, you know, we like to really get the dynamic stretching with our guys. And that's something we we had a warm up that we did again, uh, something that that Eli from Velocity Sports developed for us. um, And we incorporated it probably I would say at least 50% of every single practice, at least 50, maybe 75% of every single practice, we did this as a warm-up for 10 to 15 minutes. And it would it included a variety of things, um, you know, lunges to squats to explosive skips. Um, again, just, uh, you know, running mechanics, movement-type activities. And basically it's trying to get stability. It's trying to get mobilization in the hips. That's huge for soccer players to be able to generate power. Um, so that that's something that was very practical um, that, that, we did, that we did this past year. And then something else that Tony mentioned, that we do a lot of – we do some stuff on the field too, one or two times a week usually, body weight-type activities and exercises. Um, something I, I mentioned er, earlier um, – uh, when I mentioned earlier that we would do um, like the mountain climbers, but even stuff like bear crawls where you're engaging your full core, like you might think soccer like that, but even bear crawls, it's, it's stability in the shoulders. Like you're having hitting guys shoulder to shoulder and getting the whole core engaged um, Tube push-ups, tube walking where you're moving back and forth. And, and the tube walking, I'd say that is a huge, I think one of the things that's almost essential for us as it relates to injury prevention because the outside of the glutes are often, uh, you know, neglected area, and that's what helps stabilize the knee and the ankles. So tube walking is something to do all the time for coming back from injuries for, for ankles and knees. We try and stay ahead of the game and do that on a regular basis with our guys uh, as well. It's a huge help. And again, kind of defining the terms for those that may not know, when we talk about dynamic stretching versus static stretching, when I was in high school at the beginning of practice, you circled up. The captain got in the middle. One, two, three, four. Exactly. Right, right. right. So everybody remembers the counting. (laughs) That's static stretching where you just grab a muscle and and pull in a direction. That actually is something that you're supposed to be doing at the end of the practice. He talked about dynamic stretching. That's where you're starting to get those muscles firing. You're actually, you know, walking and pulling something. And a lot of times I tell the guys, you know, we want to hold things for two seconds. So if I'm doing a pulling back on my leg to stretch my you know, my quads, I'm holding one, two, and then take another step, one, two, take another step, one, two. And you can search on Google, just dynamic stretches mm-hmm. and type in the, your sport. Those are the things that you're starting with. You're starting to war- actually warm up your body. You don't want to just be grabbing cold muscles and, and pulling those. And so then at the end of the practice, you're doing that static stretching. Can you talk a little bit about just the stretching, not just for the sake of stretching, but like what is it actually doing or what are you trying to accomplish in that moment and then long term? Yeah, so one thing to keep in mind is sometimes when it comes to lifting or stretching, we're under the impression that every athlete needs the, needs the exact same thing. And that can be a dangerous thing. Uh, that can be a really dangerous thing. 
people are different. Athletes are different. So there's some general parameters that we do, but there's guys that either before or after practice, they need to be doing more more of something else because of because of how their body is. So that's kind of one underlying thing I kind of want to mention initially. Um, but but as far as what is you know what is stretching, why do we do it? How does it how does it help? As far as the dynamic stretching goes, something you said basically you want to kind of get the the blood flowing, do some jogging, something that's going to get the blood flowing. Then it's then it's nice controlled movements to trying to work up to that full range of motion. Mm-hmm. So it's not these really sharp explosive movements. You know, you show up to practice and all of a sudden you're just going 100% really explosive thing. That's a good way to pull something. But if you can get the blood flowing and then do some controlled movements, working on that full range of motion, that's going to help prepare your body for the game. And what you want to be thinking about is whatever sport you're playing, what type of movements do I perform in the game? What muscles does that use? And how does my dynamic stretching work on engaging those same muscles? And and that's one great place to start. As far as stretching or a cool down at the end, um, you can do a slower dynamic cool down at the end, or you can do some static stretching. And some of it might vary from individual from individual, you know, what is helpful, what is best. I will say foam rolling can be a huge, can be a huge thing. You know, that can be pre- Pre-practice or post-practice, foam roll, um, you know, muscles that are not, not over bruises, you know, so, so it's not a Charlie, you know, not over a bruise, but it's over something that, you know, the, the muscles are tight, they're kind of balled up, they're in knots because there's been a lot of a work. So that foam rolling can really help work out those knots in the muscles to help the muscles glide over each other a lot in a, in a smoother fashion and really be a helpful um a helpful thing and again even after uh, you know you maybe you're saying you're playing multiple games in two or three days you know how, how what does it look like when you're playing two or three games in two three four days what does that look like right after the game you know get something back in them get them a cliff bar something so they can start recovering within that first 30 minutes that's huge um, chocolate milk uh, something like that right afterwards for, for stuff back to back and then foam rolling can actually help prevent as well those those muscles from like knotting up and getting tighter which is uh something that you know has a negative impact on performance yeah absolutely and i think that probably leads to more injury i would imagine those left untreated because again mm-hmm. just so many times as a, as a high school student athlete or maybe you're playing club right now or, or aau and you just think i'm going to play 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 and then these kids wonder why they're getting some significant injuries and and i think a lot of it is because of this injury prevention side is something that just nobody thinks about and nobody thinks it's important because they just they think you know i'm i'm indestructible nothing's going to happen to me uh maybe to close out here um as we've you know we've got a lot of good content here and i know a lot of people are gonna gonna want to to follow up so so maybe Maybe for the high school student athlete and or maybe a coach who has not, you know, maybe they, they like you said, coach, they sit around at, at practice and they do some stretching and that kind of stuff. But, but maybe they don't really have an off-season or workout program per se in terms of injury prevention. What are some resources? What are some good practical tips for them to get started on this again, with the hope that their players would be able to, to be as injury-free as possible? Uh, I mean, U.S. soccer has stuff that's out, you know, FIFA, the 11 Plus type stuff, where you can go and look up some different soccer-specific movements. And even some of those movements you can look at, they would apply to, to other sports. Um, Volt is, uh, they have, uh, you know, basically, 
easy access on your phone. You want to look up, you know, it's a subscription-based program, but soccer, volleyball, basketball, baseball, whatever it is, you can look up some specific um, different, you know, strengthening, conditioning, um, rehab, prevention type stuff that's going to be really helpful for players. So that would be that would be a good place. And something Tony mentioned earlier, just like really practical notes, you mentioned like a soft landing. So if, if coaches or kids are kind of a little bit uncertain about, you know, how, how do I know what good mechanics are? Well, you know, if you're having a lot of impact when you land over time, that's really going to wear on your body. So a soft, that's one tangible thing. When you're doing explosive type movements, can you be soft when you land? You know, that that's going to help you. And you can have, a you know, these cues that you figure out, are you soft or are you not? You can listen to two people side by side to, 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 um, to get that information. So that would be another um, area that, that Tony mentioned um, that, that I think is, is key. And the other thing is just the, the actual mechanics. Mm-hmm. You know, some kids, they think, I've, I've got to go out and work more. I've got to work harder. Whether and especially in the weight room, they go and they, they do these exercises, and and the technique is not good, and, and maybe in high school it doesn't it's not a big a deal, and, and maybe it doesn't come maybe they don't get injured maybe they do, but then the more you start doing heavier weight, the more you move on to college or you want to play at a higher level, and you start doing more intense things heavier weight, and your technique's not good, then all of a sudden that's where you really start getting in trouble. So really important for the technique aspect, and that's where something like Volt. Um, or other resources online, uh, you know, would be uh, helpful. U.S. Soccer has a number of different things out there as well for some soccer-specific tough stuff, and Tony may know of some other things. Or just email us. Yeah. Uh, over What you'll find is over the years you will start doing things and then kind of tweak here or there. A new science will come out and then kind of – and so – you know the things that I have; they're not original to me. I just steal everything that I know about coaching. So <laughs> uh, I've just gathered things from a lot of the top programs and put it together as my own. But even since I started, I've I've made changes to it. So it's just kind of trying to keep up with uh, the the most recent science, and you know, just ask. Absolutely, absolutely, and that information is on our on our website at bjubruins.com. Just look under the staff directory uh, section, and both Coach McCormick and Coach Miller's information is both there. I uh, want to give a shout-out as well. We do have a sports performance camp coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, so if you're a high school student athlete or maybe a mom or dad of a high school student athlete and really want to get um, more of what we've been talking about in this podcast in terms of not necessarily game preparation, but body preparation, uh, because it's so important at any level to, to make sure you maintain uh, that core and, and keeping that body as, as physically fit as it can be. And that doesn't mean just going to the weight room. It means doing a lot of things that these coaches have talked about in this podcast. So I believe that's coming up on the 25th uh, of June uh, this year. So you can Register for that. Find out more information, bjubruins.com slash camps. As well, later on this summer, actually all summer, we have uh, Bruins camps going on right now. So that same link, bjubruins.com slash camps, our coaches focus uh, some of their time during those camps on a lot of the things that we've talked about to make your high school student athlete uh, or um, even college student athlete better. So get that information at bjubruins.com. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the What's Bruin podcast. Remember, you can uh, listen to us anytime on iTunes or Anchor and be sure to give us a like, follow, subscription, and all those kinds of things. That's going to do it for Coach Tony Miller. I'm Johnny Gamut, and that's What's Bruin. You've been listening to the What's Bruin podcast. Brought to you by Plan First Asset Management and Financial Planning. To learn more, visit planfirst.com.